0: Welcome to Season 2 of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doctor. You can find out more about me by going to R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C dot com where you'll find out I'm one of the foremost experts on brick and mortar retailing. Every week I invite guests, vendors, and brick and mortar retailers to share their successes And their innovations to make the shopping experience fun. I believe we can change the world by those who are working in shopping and retail. So let's get to our first guest. I want to introduce you to Matt Rodas. He is Director of Industry, excuse me, he's Director and Industry Principal for Strategic Initiatives at NetSuite.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Bob. Glad to be here. That is a mouthful. What does that all mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm I'm basically part of our go-to-market strategy team here at NetSuite or Oracle NetSuite. So part of the team that that uh, sits down and really digs in and understands where are we going to take ourselves, um, you know, to to grow the needs of the business and and make sure that we're staying focused on the needs of our customers as well. So part of that that strategy team here and I'm sure as we get into some of the discussion here I can share a little bit more about the specifics about what that means and uh you know and how our customers are benefiting from that.
0: Yeah, great. Um well, you know, I I know that you have a long history in retail. Uh, I, I do. don't know if it starts before Staples, but um you know, <laughs> what do you have to do with retail and where did it all start?
1: Yeah, so it actually goes pretty much all the way back to high school. I was I been I was a blue shirt at uh, at best buy for almost six years throughout you know through high school and then and, and into college and so, so a geek then is that yeah, it? i was i was actually okay. i was in one of the pilot stores for when the geek, the geek squad even first came out and wow. kind of, kind of yeah. date myself there a little bit but um it, you know i've been in retail since since all, the first job i i've ever had and um, after that, I was in I was in college uh, getting a degree in, in business management and uh, and also CIS or computer information systems and decided that you know technology was the the field that I wanted to go into and parlayed that into going to work for a as a consultant for a software company that was actually doing some work for Best Buy and that's kind of what got me in the door there and uh, implemented software at retailers for close to a decade and then shifted over to kind of help um you know strategize and build product and sell the software and have jumped around to a few different uh few different places throughout the years but it's always been focused on retail and in the retail space and and strategy within retail so yeah um, going on almost two decades here
0: yeah well you're younger than me but uh, that's pretty much my story i put myself through college selling shoes and then growing a retail brand to uh, 54 locations, and then growing a franchise coffee operation to 135 across the U.S. And so, yeah, retail's kind of in my blood, and I think just understanding um, how it all fits together is what's the fun, right? As yeah. you're trying to figure it out.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and there, uh, retail is an interesting animal, and I find that once it's sort of in your blood, it's sort of hard to do anything else you know anything else almost seems dull by comparison so (laughs) you know people kind of tend to 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 stick with it (laughs) yeah
0: no that's very true and you know i well we should probably get into you know you have helped spearhead the uh, whole survey that we looked at this disconnect in brick and mortar well not just brick and mortar but retailers who think they're providing one thing and we were trying to figure out where are the disconnects and i think um we got some pretty great information out of that huh
1: i completely agree i was glad to to be a part of it and in full transparency you know you you did it all on your own we didn't influence it in any way shape or form but i think it definitely highlighted a lot of what i think needs to start being talked about which is it, it isn't the you know the glitzy glammy thing that a lot of uh, of you know retail software out there would have you there's still a fundamental issue that isn't being solved here that uh, that retailers need to to start focusing on. So I, I think that was a, a a brilliant way to highlight that gap.
0: Well, and I think that some of the things that really got me were that retailers in general think we're we're making our customers feel more confident and more um, uh, comfortable in our stores, and yet the data pointed to just the opposite. People felt more stressed. More alone and more confused when they come into a,
1: a store. Um, did anything else stand out to you as you were looking
0: <clears throat> over at the results? Uh, so you know the
1: I, that was the the, the big one. Uh, that uh, also that uh, the consumers just were not adopting this technology and in, in that was being deployed in the stores because it just didn't serve the right need. You know the. Um, by just, you know, thinking that I could take something that's traditionally an online technology and, and throw it in the stores and think that a consumer will walk into the store and understand what to do with it, Mm -hmm. how it applies to why I'm in the store. What, what is this, you know, providing to me from a, from a value add perspective, um, you know, is, uh, is another kind of key thing that I, that I took away from that. And I've, I've been saying for uh, almost every talk that I do around the retail store experience that, you know, the, you can't build a retail store experience for just one type of consumer. I mean, you can Mm. bucket them, you can bucket them all in all types, but ultimately there is the consumer that, that wants to come in the store because maybe they're a tactile person, but they don't want to talk to anybody. And then there's the person that comes into the store because they have no, like, there's no idea or no clue what brought them there and they want your help. Right. So the, you know, you have to kind of think through, through both. Otherwise you're always going to alienate some portion of the person you're trying to bring into the store.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point that, you know, um, we do, you know, I, I work with a lot of different types of retailers and I think that we have a kind of a new dynamic that there's this, I want to do it myself. So I, I need to know what to buy, you know, how do I use it and when do I use it? And then there's also this do it for me customer, Correct. customer that, that's like, I don't really want to know all of this kind of stuff. Can you just make it go away?
1: Right. Yeah. And and we've, we've, we've trained our consumers this way because obviously we've been spending so much money online and consumers know that they can, they can go online. So actually what the way I interpret that or the way that I view that. And I think about this in my own life, when I walk into a retail store and what I'm expecting out of it is I'll know pretty quickly whether that sales associate is going to be value add to this Mm -hmm. transaction or not. Right. and, if they aren't providing some element of benefit, other than hey, look over here, everything over here is thirty percent off. Yeah, I, I can read that sign. Thank you very much. And <laughs> you know, kind of following me around like that—that's not providing any value add, right? There's a a level of I, I'm capable of understanding what's going on in here. You know, when I need to engage you, it's because I have a legitimate question, and I don't need you to divert me to something else. You mm-hmm. know, and if you, so it, it just comes down to you know, the how and what a retail associate is there to do and and what are you arming and enabling them that actually makes that sales associate more value add to that consumer in the store. Uh, because you're right, that most of the time they can just do it themselves. So, you know, you kind of have to, to find a, a way to make that sales associate more valuable. And the technology that exists today, I can get just as much information on my own as you're probably used to arming that sales associate, unless you're a brand, right? Unless you're a brand and then you're, you're training that sales associate on that brand, but the, you know, in just general retail or any of those categories, it's, you know, I can get this information myself. So what are you, what are you arming that associate with that I don't have or making it easier for me to get it? So I don't have to go do it myself. And if you aren't thinking that way, then, then you're, you're thinking about it the wrong way. Yeah, uh,
0: I I would agree. I think the thing that I'm being contacted more and more by brands is, you know, we've we've thought our golden stake was going to be product knowledge, and yeah. something is wrong. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, because now you have to really train uh, three things. I think in a in an associate, it's how do I engage a stranger, which frankly. Um, No offense, millennials, but you just don't have that skill. It's just Uh not there. Uh, Uh And then how do I discover the shopper? Meaning, um, how am I curious about what it is they bought in? I don't care that you want a box of number 12 nails because you can probably find that on your own. But I'm just curious, like, what's your project today? Then suddenly the whole world opens up and it's not just a box of nails there's a lot of other things you're going to need. And maybe my expertise could actually help you out. Or maybe you read somebody's blog that um, this one product is the bomb and uh, you're coming in saying, I need that. And and can they have that discussion that says, well, would you be interested in something the same or better than? Because most people would go like, well, sure, I'd be interested in that. But to your point, I'm going to check out if you're a player within about 30 seconds and yes. decide you're either going to help Or you're going to hurt my chances and if i get that impression that you're not going to really help me then i'm going to ignore you and treat you like crap and that's horrible because ultimately it's not the associate's fault
1: right i couldn't agree more i could not agree more because none of us are experts at anything until we're we're taught that way right so you know the 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 companies and the retailers that are employing them need to make that type of, of investment in them and I know we could go into a whole hour-long debate about the growth or not growth of the physical retail environment and how important it is, and it's not going away. And you know, the you have to invest in this area. And going back to the report for a second, I think one of the I, one of the pieces in it that I quoted almost instantaneous once I saw the report was you know that that notion that. Um, you know, retailers are thinking that they're making the store more inviting, but twenty, you know, percent of consumers think that it, it's less inviting. So, you know, but yet, how many of the retailers are still leveraging a physical environment in the sale or in the transaction? Yes. So, it's like it's clear as day then what where the focus needs to be and how you know how you need to prop up that sales associate to to make a difference in this equation and and uh, hopefully retailers will will begin to adapt
0: uh the um absolutely and i think the other thing that stood out for me was this idea that millennials don't want help right the survey said it was actually just the opposite that maybe the centennials the ones that don't want help and millennials actually do but they want a connection i think that keeps coming over in the data that they want a connection and this feeling that um uh, you know if it's just going to be online Um, just putting on a, you know, a a VR headset isn't going to make the difference. And personalizing it by dropping my name in an algorithm isn't going to do it. But if I really do feel something, uh, that's the opportunity, I think, that most retailers have. And let's face it, NetSuite has an awful lot of, uh, you know, we call them omni-channel or or brick-and-mortar and, and, you know, every other kind of of variation. But big brands who certainly want to be where the customer is at all times but i think the, the one thing that keeps coming back is the gold mine really is the store because yeah. ultimately if you do something that makes somebody feel that they matter more and i'm less confused and i'm more confident than the trust is there with the brand and ultimately people who feel they matter buy
1: more i mean yeah. that's that's kind I, of it uh, yeah i, I again I, I couldn't agree with that anymore completely and the what uh how i would also kind of look at it as you know one of the biggest issues that that a retailer can have is obviously a stock outage and you know everything you know being centered around trying to make sure that there's the right amount of inventory at any store at any time but you would be surprised what a what a a consumer in a store will forgive you for whereas a consumer online just will not and if you have made that connection, and they believe that your brand is in this journey with them, or they're inspired, or whatever the that sales associate is able to to do to get your your consumer into the brand experience. You'd be surprised what they would be willing to do, and that's where something like Omni Channel comes into play. Where okay, maybe I don't physically have it here, but okay, I'll I'll wait a couple of days to get it now, and I yeah. appreciate this experience and and all that kind of stuff and. You know, that that is what then props up those technologies, just kind of putting it in the store. So without that experience, you know, the same what would happen is they'd walk in. Oh, you don't have it. Okay, I'm either going to go to the person else in the mall or across the street or I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to buy it. Right. right? It's so you need to have something like that to then make these technologies like Omni Channel and some of the other things that we've mentioned and talked about worth it for the consumer to use while in that store because now they're they're you know inspired or engaged in in your brand.
0: Well, that's a great point. I think the other thing that people are challenging uh, being challenged with as well is this idea of mobile payments. And everybody mm-hmm. likes to say, you know, what about Amazon Go? It's so revolutionary. Look, it's not that revolutionary in some ways because you ultimately have to take out your phone, open the app and sign in, which is not that yep. much different than at the end you open up your phone and you have to sign yeah. in to pay for it. mobily. they still they're yep. still trying to think how can it be as simple as a swipe of a card, which is why so many cards now have you know the swipe technology. Uh, I was yep. somebody was showing me at their American Express the other day with a little Wi-Fi signal Correct. on the back, so that you knew what it was. Uh, yeah, it seems that simplicity is where we're we're trying to get
1: back to. Would you agree? That yeah. I do, I, you know. And another, maybe another way said is what I, is just removing friction, yeah, and kind of getting back to, yeah, kind of the, those simple basics. And you know, uh, it's an item with the in a transaction and, and a payment. So I mean, those uh, it is absolutely getting back to to that that element of of simplicity for sure. What do you think?
0: One of the best or most worthwhile investments um, you've either either made personally or you've been part of with a brand.
1: What do you think? um, Besides my Costco membership, (laughs) 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 Um, um, joke aside, I mean the. For me, I I, probably not that my life isn't uh, stressful and and complicated enough with retail, but I I do um, also look at and understand retail and invest in retail or real estate. Sorry. Uh, so I've been uh, been involved in real estate for a good many number of years, and so I'd probably say that some of the the retail or I keep saying retail real estate investments that I've made over the year have been probably the most fruitful for for my life, my wife, you know, my wife and I's yeah. life um, uh, for for sure. But uh, about round retail, I'd have to say my definitely my Costco membership. <laughs> well, it's good you made that comparison. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I want you to
0: think that. Uh, your your buddy or your uh, wife's friend they come to you and they say oh meet us at Starbucks because we want to tell you about something and so you go there and they say oh we've got this idea we're going to open a retail store what mm-hmm. would you tell them oh Lord
1: <laughs> where would I how would I even condense this down to a, a one liner but uh, you know I, I guess if I were to really kind of come down to brass tacks it's uh, you know, you, you always need to obviously focus on the bottom line to, to keep your job, but you need to focus on the customer in order to make sure that you exceed and that you get ahead. And, you know, the balancing those two equations is is always where the, the devils are, are in the details. But, you know, it isn't about the bottom line for, for growth. I mean, you focus on that in order to make sure that you can pay your bills and, and kind of keep going forward. But um, if you only focus on the bottom line you your retail endeavor is never going to grow. You have to to think about and put your your mind and and your thought in the the consumer and the consumer experience if you ever hope to succeed and actually get ahead at at the retail game. I would totally
0: agree with that. I think that's the. In fact, I said that to a group of retailers not that long ago, and I said, you know, I'll bet that when you first opened your business or you bought the business, you would have done anything for a customer that walked in the door. You'd be like, oh, I have it. I'll find it. I'll do all this. And now you've been around for 5, 10, 15, whatever years, and we get kind of lazy about it. It's like, yeah, correct. we don't have it. Yeah, I can't Correct. And yeah. um, let's face it, retail is pretty punishing right now. There's a lot of players out there that are looking at nanoseconds
1: of interactions not minutes or days exactly yeah oh my god exactly correct and they're and kind of going back to maybe a little bit of that 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 frictionless i guess is and maybe that's where frictionless is 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 a bad thing where you don't even try anymore Mm. to to, to delight or you know you just follow the playbook and if you can you know you can order it on your POS and find it not you know sorry but you know that that is certainly not what got the likes of Nordstroms. Right. You know, is still where they are. Amazon certainly not where they are. And you know, it's, certainly in the department store game, there's you know no brighter star than Nordstrom right now. And in the e-commerce yeah. game, there's no brighter star than Amazon. And customer service is is the pretty much their their sole focus. And you know, the, but, you know, there is a point where obviously you can't do that to a fault or you'll drive yourself out of business, but (laughs) it is, it is how, you know, it is how you actually gain that, that trusted advisor status. Well, and I think they also
0: realize, um, how high the stakes really are for everybody. I think that's yeah. that's the important thing that I think a lot of times, certainly with some smaller chains or individuals, you can say, oh, you know, shop local or something. And then it's almost like I have to put up with bad service to shop local, right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. It's gotta be, yeah. table stakes, if you're a coffee house, you gotta be as good as Starbucks and better, right? right? Yeah. If you're gonna be as good of a yo- uh, uh, leisure store, you're gonna be as good as Lululemon or yeah. Ted Baker
1: or somebody, right? Yeah, I, I, yes, absolutely. There's, I actually have almost the reverse anecdote on that because there's actually a a local coffee shop that my wife and I visit that is not Starbucks, even though we do have, I'm very loyal to Starbucks. So, you know, no shade towards Starbucks whatsoever, but the, uh, there is a local coffee shop and, you know, he took over, uh, like an old house. That's a kind of a live work one of those old style live work units. And He just, you know, he hit all segments of of demographics. He serves a little bit of food with some tables in the (laughs) front. He's got uh, uh, in the back part, I guess, which would have been like the old school dining room. He set up a little kid's playroom it's a detached garage that he turned into a quiet study area that you go back and they've got he's got little pods set up and you can sit there and drink coffee and, and study he's he turned he fenced in the backyard so he have got some outdoor seating and it just like every time i'm there i'm like this guy got it figured out i mean he just he you know he knew that he's in an area with a lot of families we're right by a university and he's you know okay i'm going to make the space for all these people to coexist because you're, you're in a Starbucks and it's like you're jammed in with all of these people. And, you know, he made separate spaces for each of those types of consumers and is offering, you know, a similar type of ex, uh, a better experience, but a similar product and coffee and and pastries. And I just I, I, I can't I think that's just such a great example of where, you know, he kind of sat down and, and thought to himself, what would the consumer experience be like at Starbucks? What can I do to be better than that? And, you know, made a place for each of the type of people that traditionally come into these coffee houses. And if they went to Starbucks, they wouldn't get that, that personalized experience. And, you know, in this case, I, I, you know, kind of using that coffee example, I'm like, there you go. This is, it didn't, you know, probably cost him a little bit more to build out, obviously, but the, the windfall is, it's always busy. You know, he. You know, in a world where you know Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts are an easy drive away, he—you know—this guy and this. I've talked to him several times throughout the years. He's just done so well and is always busy. And you know, it's because I think, in my mind, the way I've equated is he's really focused on thinking about how can I create a better consumer experience than Starbucks when I can't compete on other aspects like Starbucks can.
0: I think that's and, that's a great that's a great point, and that's what a great entrepreneur does, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about NetSuite so some of our people who don't know what what exactly is NetSuite and how does that help retailers?
1: Yeah, th- yeah that's a, a great question. So you know NetSuite is a unified cloud single system to run your entire business. So you know how how I were to to put that as we are an entirely cloud native uh, system. So, you know, cloud is obviously where where everybody uh, is heading and, and wants to be these days, and where everything from your your inventory and supply chain management to your core financials, we are your website, we are your point of sale, we run you know all the systems necessary to to keep a, a retailer um, going, and are able to do that in a single unified system. So all your data is kept in one single place. You have real time visibility across everything. And so, NetSuite is, is natively omni-channel without having to worry about integrations or having multiple systems or disparate systems. And you know, the way that I kind of equate that to what we've been talking about is, you know, the it's very difficult to create a unified and consistent, let alone authentic, shopping experience if I'm always buying yet one more tool in my in my toolbox to try to incite, incent, or to you know drive the the consumer to a particular channel but at the end of the day consumers don't care about channels right. they don't even care about the word omnichannel or even know what it is they just want a consistent and unified shopping experience well it costs even more money if each of these channels and each of these systems are some other technology or some other uh, you know some other system because you're kind of always having to pass data back and forth or duplicate data or, you know, one system supports this, but another one doesn't. So having a single unified view of that, that allows our retailers to offer up a solid foundation of items, inventory, order, and customer across all consumer touch points and, you know, leverage our, our technology for those touch points. The, the value prop that I can I can best clear and summarize that is, is it, you let NetSuite worry about, the technology. you let NetSuite worry about the, those systems. And then you do what you, do, what you do best, which is either, you know, make great clothes or build a great product or, you know, buy and, and sell the products that you do. You run your business and, and you let us take care of the software.
0: That sounds pretty good. Um, so, you know, the title of my podcast, tell me something good about retail. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, honestly, Way I look at it is what's what's more relatable and more exciting than retail. I mean, absolutely everything in the world needs to be bought and sold, <clears throat> and so the you know while it, you know retail is as old as time, and can ultimately be some sometimes the most frustrating and and uh, you know as far as uh, adopting new technologies, it, it is always evolving, <clears throat> and you know the the retail landscape today is very different than it was three, five years ago, is incredibly different than it was a decade ago and doesn't look anything like it used to 20, 25 years ago. So, you know, uh, when you look at a lot of other industries that are out there, they don't move that quick. They don't move that fast. I mean, manufacturing has been manufacturing for, you know, however long now. And so, uh, you know, retail is just exciting and it's always evolving and it is the probably the only, thing that you get to do professionally that you can personally relate to because you do it every single day. And so in that regard, I can't think of anything more, more relatable and more exciting than, than retail. And today is the most exciting time for retail because there is just such great technology out there to help create an amazing consumer experience you just have to or need help in making sure you're using it in the right way
0: well that's right and like you said it starts with that with a customer without that without engaged employees to be able to be brand ambassadors then ultimately you're probably shooting yourself in the foot because you may have shiny objects but when customers don't feel that they matter they pretty much rail on you on social media or they end up saying uh i'm gonna just stay online and i think that's the challenge that everyone who's listening to it Needs to take seriously because quite simply, I don't have to make a special shop, a uh, special stop after work or leave my house for any particular reason. But if I want to, I dang well better have your brand tattooed to my butt. So when I sit down and to get in my car, I know, oh, that's my favorite place. That's right. That's where I'm going. So, uh, Matt, tell me, how can they find out more about you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, of course, I'm on all the you know social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. So uh, they can certainly check me out there uh net has you know a a, a lot of uh on our youtube channel I'm, I'm interviewed quite a lot on there and certainly a, a lot of the, a lot of the content that i have out there on, on youtube
0: excellent i will put those links in our in the uh, transcription on the site and again i thank you for being with us today
1: matt yes thank you bob really appreciate it thank you bye yeah take care bye. That brings
0: us to the close of another episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm Bob Fibbs, your host, known as The Retail Doctor, based in the United States. Tune in next week when we have another set of movers, shakers, influencers, vendors, and -and brick-and-mortar retailers, all there to make you a smarter retailer.